Welcome to the BT Focus podcast dedicated to the behavior technician experience and the delivery of ABA services. Hello and welcome to a great four-part DTT Pro Tip series. We're joined again by Ian McGarvey as we explore one of the most essential teaching strategies used within ABA by behavior technicians. There's just so much great content to discuss in this episode. We broke it up into four parts. Parts one and two being released this week, where we're going over just some foundational elements of DTT and some important steps to consider leading up to teaching. And next week, we are going to be releasing part two, where we discuss best practice and, and tips and strategies during and after teaching trials. Now, to give you some great visual examples of DTT, in the show notes, you're going to see a link to a workshop we put out a few years back. Now, you're going to be jumping into a time machine a bit uh, in this video, which we produced uh, a few years ago, back when I was a grad student in RBT. So uh, you'll see a younger version of myself before children and maybe a few less gray hairs. So enjoy our conversation in part one of our DTT Pro Tip series. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the BT Focus podcast. Joined again, and it's we, we've been on a little bit of an intermission. Ian, Ian, welcome back to the podcast. Brian, where have you been, man? Uh, you know, I, I've been doing my thing. You know, I would say your your beard looks as full and majestic as ever. Um, you know, I, I think maybe an advantage. I probably don't have to put any like sunscreen on. It's pretty functional for this time of year in Michigan. I would be very, <laughs> very scared to see what the bottom half of my face looks like without a beard right now. Probably, yeah, a, probably yeah. a big old tan line coming in. Uh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, good. Well, as much as we could talk about facial hair all day, we do have a really fun topic to talk about. We're here to talk about discrete trial instruction, DTI or discrete trial teaching, DTT. Ian, this is like one of those bottom of the pyramid, meaning essential skills for behavior technicians, and one of one of the essential ways we teach within ABA. So a pretty important topic um, that has a lot of implications to how we structure our sessions, how we teach our learners. Uh, so DTT, pretty big deal, right? I don't know what words we can use to express how important it is to be able to implement sound, fluent, fast DTT as a technician. Um, there are a lot of things that can highlight a great behavior technician, but the one thing that can really make you just above and beyond is the ability to run fast, fluent DTT with different kinds of kids. Um, yeah. And it's probably the most essential skill to being a successful behavior technician. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the best definitions I've heard um, about really ABA specifically, but it could apply to DDT most certainly, was by Dr. Greg Hanley, where he says essentially, ABA in a nutshell, it's just good teaching, right? We have very clear instructions, really immediate positive outcomes and positive consequences and when a learner responds correctly, um, really great prompts or assistance when a learner responds incorrectly, and it's all 
predicated on their own motivation. So those positive consequences are going to be based around those things that the learner is most motivated for. So, um, you know, I, I would say that if we reflect back on our own life, you know, good coaches we've had or really good teachers, I would say, and by and large, like they're probably using components of a really sound instructional teaching through their use of differential consequences. And so DTT, yes, it's certainly an essential skill for behavior technicians. Ian, is it the only way that we teach skills within ABA? It's not, Brian, but I will kind of add to what you just said in saying one of the negative connotations that the field of applied behavior analysis gets specifically surrounding DTT is that DTT you know, doesn't promote for generalization. You know, who learns by sitting at a table one-on-one, you know, with one task at a time? And and ultimately, if you really look at learning, any learning that you would see, for example, in a school setting is really not that vastly different from DTT. No, you're not one-on-one in a school setting, but for the most part, the environment is fairly free of distractions, right? Kids are required to be quiet, attending to the material, um, and, and you're focusing on one thing at a time, you know, in school, you don't sit and uh, jump subject to subject every couple of seconds necessarily, which we kind of do sometimes in DTT, but, um, but DTT is not that different from regular learning. And without understanding what goes into learning, a lot of people would misconstrue that DTT is vastly different from learning from the quote unquote natural environment or, or naturalistic teaching. And that's just not the case. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point, Ian. And I think maybe to pause for just a moment before we go through more of the technique or strategies with DTT, I think it's important to discuss the rationale. So Ian, why is it important that we're using very um, specific, very structured, and there's a lot of trials or opportunities built within that teaching session? Well, first thing, every learner is different. And one of the ways that we measure mastery is what we call trials to criterion, which means how many learning trials does it take for a learner to hit a number of, say, consecutive independent trials without prompts, if you will. And for every learner, that number is going to be vastly different. And for that reason, the number of trials that one kid receives should be vastly different from the number of trials another client receives. I have had some clients where they work on one task one time. They do it one time a day because it's 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 not necessary for me to review that same thing 10 or 15 times within a session. Whereas with other clients, based on certain deficits they may have, they may need to have more frequent exposure within a therapy session uh, to make sure that we're getting enough teaching trials for there to actually be mastery. Great point. Yeah. Highly individualized, right? And um, built within each program is what we would call a mastery criteria. So what is the threshold in which a child needs to perform for us to be able to say confidently they've got it. They've they've learned this skill and now we can routinely review it, right? That's, that's what we call maintenance. So good point. Yeah. Because these are, Ian, these are important skills that we're teaching, right? We're talking about communication skills, socialization skills, adaptive living skills, And these skills, like all skills in life, require practice. So for some, that practice might look slightly different than others. But we, as behavior technicians, as supervising clinicians, are there to set the stage to allow them to practice in such a way that's going to be most effective and allows for the greatest degree of learning. 
right? So really good point. Always start with the why. Um, and, and DTT, again, this is going to be a, a core teaching strategy. So we're going to review um, some great tips and considerations. And then also, Ian, you were talking about how DTT, this is very much an example of a what we call like a skill-based competency, right? It's it's one in which we learn best by practicing and by doing and by seeing. So while a podcast has, is an awesome audio medium, right? We also want to provide some visual examples for, you know, those of you who are listening to the show. So in our show notes today, we are going to link a, a great workshop, less than 10 minutes, but some great uh, visual examples of the procedures that we're going to describe and how one would conduct those trials if they were teaching themselves. Also in the July weekly BT meeting series, there will be some videos of some discrete trial training embedded in there. You might see yours truly. Um, so that also would be a great place to reference some good examples of discrete trial training if you're looking for something as well. Absolutely. So yeah, we, we are going to be throwing a host of resources at you because uh, this is really that essential of a skill. So that being said, Ian, let's jump at it. Let's do it. All right. Thank you as always to our friend Ian McGarvey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the BT Focus podcast. Be sure to tune in for the remainder of our four-part DTT Pro Tip series as we give you more tips and strategies to elevate your practice as a behavior technician. Until next time.